On today's episode of Merc with the Movie Blog, Black Panther hits $1 billion at the box office. Kristen Wiig is cast as Cheetah in Wonder Woman 2. And plenty of news from the South by Southwest Film Festival. All of this and more on Merc with the Movie Blog. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. Uh, my name is Josh. I am the Merc, and this is Merc with a Movie Blog. Uh, my first story today that I'm going to talk about is Black Panther hitting $1 billion at the box office. This is a huge, huge deal in the world of uh, movies, especially in the world of comic book movies. It is only the fifth Marvel, uh, the fifth MCU film to even hit this uh this amount and it managed to do it in less than four weeks it's astounding it's 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 insane to think about how just how fast this movie just took over um but you know i went and saw it and it is a, it is a fantastic film right now it's my it's my number one uh film of the year granted it's only march but it it's definitely one that deserves the praise that it's getting and deserves this uh this one billion dollar uh, mark that it has hit um, it's actually the the majority of its box office is fifty two percent domestic, which is something that you don't normally see in blockbuster films, uh, particularly uh, ones of this of this nature. Uh, the MCU itself has only seen three of its films actually have more than fifty percent of a domestic gross, and that's the first three films they ever released: uh, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man Two. So all of the other ones, up to this point, it's been the overseas market that has dominated uh, the box office. And it may still do that. I'm sure it's got some more markets to open overseas. And it may you know, creep up uh, on the, on the uh, international side a little bit more. But as of right now, the domestic haul is, is really the thing that, that stands out about it. It's like almost 600 I think it's like five. It's like around 560 million uh, domestic, which is insane. It's something that you don't you don't see very often. So, uh, congrats to Ryan Coogler, uh, the the director, and congrats to everybody who worked on this film. It's fantastic. Uh, I, I loved pretty much. There, there's honestly, to me, there wasn't really anything that I disliked about it. I know a lot of people were talking about how T'Challa wasn't. You know, he was the least important character in in the movie and i disagree with that was he was he the best character in the movie no but was he the worst character in the movie also no he was kind of somewhere in the middle and that's okay because we got that feeling of oh this is like the best part of a movie when we watched civil war at least for me and i know a lot of people that i've talked to feel the same way where black panther was the he was the most memorable part of civil war and so he got that time to shine there. So in this film, he was able to kind of step back a little bit, 
but some of these other characters like Killmonger, Shuri, you know, all these other characters really shine and, and, and make, make their presence known in this universe. And the thing that I wonder with this insane haul that it's been bringing in, staying on top, it's still number one. The new Avengers movie opens in just over six weeks. Will Black Panther be able to stay up in that top five for the next six weeks? And will it trail right into Avengers Infinity War, giving Infinity War a boost? Or will it draw away from it? You know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see when that happens. Uh, our next story is Kristen Wiig gets cast as Cheetah in Wonder Woman 2. So if you know, we started with Marvel, now we're going over to DC. Uh, Patty Jenkins put out a tweet announcing the casting, saying, so, to quote, So excited to confirm the most thrilling news. Yes, it's true. So incredibly lucky to welcome the sensationally talented Kristen Wiig to our Wonder Woman family. Can't wait to finally work with one of my favorites. And so excited by what we have planned. Hashtag Cheetah. It, this is one of those times where you're, it's going to be very divisive, by the fans. Uh, and what I mean by that is a lot of people have already voiced their discontent with this casting. Now this is not an uncommon occurrence. This happened happens all the time. It happened when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman. It happened when uh, Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker. I mean, and both of those roles I absolutely love. And the Heath Ledger's Joker is touted as one of the best, if not the best, comic book villain ever portrayed on screen. So, I, what I like to tell people is, okay, maybe it's not the person you thought should get the role. Maybe it's not, you know, who you envisioned getting this role. But give her a chance. You know, she is a great actress. You know, I, I'm sure there's people out there who, in general, just don't like her. And, you know, you know you're not going to change their mind, most likely. But... You know, she, she's a very talented actress, so I think, you know, we give her that chance, see what she can do with a role like this, and she may surprise us and knock it out of the park like Heath Ledger did in uh, The Dark Knight. Uh, the version of her cheetah has not yet con been confirmed, though, be, but from what I have heard, there are some rumors that she'll actually be playing uh, the Barbara Minerva version of this character. There have been four different versions throughout the comics uh and this is the one that i've been hearing rumblings about that uh kristen wig will actually be portraying uh barbara minerva is a british archaeologist who invokes a cat god and is transmogrified into a superhuman feline form um, and we've seen magic and things like that in the dc uh, eu with uh, enchantress even though i know a lot of people did not like the way that turned out hopefully they can learn from that if they're going this route do something a little different make it work for this character you know it's 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 a weird type of character when you look at the other things that we've seen so they've already got an uphill battle when they when it comes to this character but i think with patty jenkins at the helm i i have full confidence that she'll be able to pull this off in a believable and and just a fantastic way that will give a great, hopefully, a great villain to the DCEU. 
Uh, the film is also reportedly uh, set to take place during the 80s against a backdrop of the Cold War, so that could be interesting. Um, perhaps uh, Barbara is maybe over in a different country during this time. Things go wrong. Maybe that's where Wonder Woman is. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how that all goes. And uh, Wonder Woman 2 is set to open on November 1st of 2019, so they've got plenty of time to work all that all that out. All right, this uh, past weekend we saw South by Southwest start up. It's a, a great film festival. You get to see a lot of awesome... I think they do more than just film. I think they do music and, and things like that as well, but I tend to focus just on the films. And there are three that I want to talk about that premiered at South by Southwest this weekend, and that's A Quiet Place, the untitled Blumhouse film, and Blockers. Uh, now, so I'm going to start with A Quiet Place. Quiet Place is directed by John Krasinski. Uh, he's from, he played Jim in The Office. And he was also in, I believe it was called 13 Hours, it was a, the war film. And I really like him as an actor, but this is his first directorial effort. And from the reactions that I've heard so far, he did a great job with this film, and I'm really excited to see it. Uh, all the first reactions were very positive. He's being touted as a masterful horror director, which is great because horror is one of my favorite genres. So if we can get a new, fresh, great horror director out there, to put out some awesome films, you know what? That that's awesome. I'm 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 excited to to see that. And I wanted to read a few of the reactions from Twitter about this film, kind of give you a, a feel for how people have been seeing it. Uh, Meredith Borders at xy marla said, "Holy shit! A Quiet Place is for real." John Krasinski made a horror movie that's wholly original, and by the way, really really scary. Which, that makes it sound awesome. I'm, that, that's great. Uh, Angie Han, at AJ Han, said, A Quiet Place is incredibly effective. My hands hurt from clenching my fists this whole time. So tense, people were actually screaming. Christy Puchko, at Christy Puchko, said, A Quiet Place is a master class in suspense. It weaponizes your own screams against you. The tension is so taut, your stomach will turn in relentless knots. Totally, deliciously terrifying. And this next one comes from one of my favorite uh, film pundits uh, out there, Alicia Malone, at Alicia Malone. If you haven't checked out her stuff, please do. Uh, she says, A Quiet Place. Holy moly, what a ride. I now suspect John Krasinski to be a cruel human being because he absolutely tortures the audience. Albeit in a wonderfully, wonderful, terrifying, and emotional way. I barely breathed throughout the whole film. And those reactions, they really uh, excite me. They really get me amped up to see this film. And it comes out in just uh, under a month on April 6th. So uh, definitely check that out if you guys are a fan of horror. Uh, the next one is another horror film. And it's the, it was the untitled Blumhouse film that uh, they had a midnight showing of. And what it turned out to be was the sequel to Unfriended. Unfriended Dark Web. This film 
Uh, it was directed by newcomer Steven Susco, and apparently it was originally titled Unfriended Game Night. I'm assuming that they changed that so that there would be no confusion with the comedy Game Night. Um, from what I was reading, it some friends get together and they're you know they're having a game night, I guess, during part of the movie. Um, a guy at some point finds like comes into possession of a laptop, finds out it's stolen. And apparently the person who previously owned it wants it back and they'll go to any length to get it. So unlike the first Unfriended, this one leaves all that paranormal stuff at home in favor of a more of the more widely accepted slasher genre. However, from what I was uh, reading, some of the reactions, um, the villains in this film aren't really they they don't they lack motivation. They're not really motivated by by much of anything. And according to some viewers. Uh, it's brutal, inventive, but just not that scary, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I'm kind of a sucker for like the found footage type horror films, uh, even though most people aren't. But when I when I hear that you know there, you know one's coming out and it's just not scary, like that that's a real bummer, you know. But you know there's not a lot you can do. Hopefully, um, it's a little bit better than you know. The reactions are letting on, but it doesn't really give me a whole lot of hope. Uh, there's no release date yet announced, but the first Unfriended was released about a month after its South by Southwest premiere back in 2015. So we may see it you know, as early as next month, maybe April or May, but uh, I'll, I'll keep you updated on that if a release date does, uh, does come out. Uh, the next one is the R-rated comedy Blockers. Starring John Cena, Leslie Mann, and it's directed by Kay Cannon. Uh, this film actually received great, great reviews, and it's one that I'm really looking forward to. I love the, the trailers for it. Uh, it. It just made me laugh so much. Um, it looks pretty much like you know a, a a version of American Pie from set from you know the you know the female's perspective, something like that, which. That's cool as long as they do it right, and according, you know, from what it sounds like, they've done it right. Uh, Cannon uh, went on to say during the pan during the South by Southwest panel, uh, "I wanted to tell a no holds barred coming of age sex comedy from a female perspective." That sounds pretty cool. Uh, and some of the I'm going to read some of the reactions here. Eric Davis at Eric Davis said, "Blockers just destroyed at South by Southwest. Wild, raunchy sex." A teen sex comedy with lots of big laughs, adorable moments, and John Cena bare ass. The trailers do not do this one justice. Really fun time. Uh, Isaac Feldberg at Isaac Feldberg says, Kay Cannon knocked this thing out of the park. A winning progressive take on a concept that only gains in heart and hilarity as it goes. Bruising laughs delivered with a deft touch. Ramin Setude at Ramin Setude says, South by Southwest has done it again. Blockers is going to be a huge hit. Think, think American Pie meets Bridesmaids. Now that really makes me uh, intrigued. And so I definitely, I definitely need to check this out. And the last one is Nicole Sperling at Nick Sperling says, I'm totally here for Blockers, Leslie Mann's bonkers physical comedy, and the message for teen girls to encourage them to have agency over their sexuality. 
so yeah, I mean, I love comedy, and uh, this one sounds like it, it, it may be one of the best ones. It may rival uh, Game Night as, as my favorite of the year, so we'll see. All right, now I want to go move on to uh, the weekend roundup, where I talk about the box office results for the weekend. Uh, the top five this week, uh, number five was Game Night with $7.91 million. Number four was Red Sparrow with $8.15 million. Number three was the new uh, film Strangers, Pray at Night, the sequel to The Strangers, with $10.48 million. Number two was the new Disney film by Ava DuVernay, A Wrinkle in Time, with $33.32 million. And taking in the number one spot yet again, Marvel's Black Panther with $41.14 million domestically. Now, Black Panther's obviously the standout. You know, it's in it, this is its fourth weekend, and it's still you know hitting number one with over $40 million. That's that's impressive that's an impressive feat. Um, another thing, wrinkle in time, like I liked the trailers, and I think it looked interesting, and I was really hope. I was, like, really pumped for it. Ava DuVernay, I was, like, really excited for it. Apparently, you know, it under, you know, underperformed. It's got mixed reviews. It's mediocre reception. But one thing is, it's a good thing that they kept the, the budget fairly low. It's right around $100 million. That way, they're probably not going to lose a bunch on it. Uh, I'm sure they'll be able to recoup that, plus... Some, but this is definitely not the where the Disney wanted this film to be, where they they expected. I think they expected this to be uh, just like a, a huge success, and it just it wasn't where they wanted it to be, unfortunately. Um, and also, I am really happy to see see Game Night holding on to the to a spot in the top five. Game Night is hilarious. If you haven't seen it yet, do yourself a favor. Go check it out. The comedy is so funny. It's smart. It's just it's a great time the whole the whole way through. So check that one out if you haven't had the chance. Next, uh, my next segment is called Schmodown Breakdown. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about stuff that has happened in the movie trivia Schmodown over on uh, Collider uh, for the the past week. Uh, but the thing that I really just I just want to cover like pretty much just one topic in this. Uh, and then I'm just going to move on because it's been talked about to death. But I kind of want to give my thoughts on the top 10 versus Patriots championship match that took place. Oh, man. What a mess this was. Now, the first two rounds of this match were just back and forth solid. I was edge of my seat kind of kind of thing. And then we get to round three. Going into round three, the Patriots had four-point lead on top ten, which, you know, that's not that bad. And in championship matches with five rounds, a four-point lead, you can make that up. You know, it was 23-19, and they still had a chance. But Patriots spun Westerns, which looked great for top ten because that's one of their strengths. And wouldn't you know, Mr. John Stephen Roca doesn't write the answer on the board. And I'm just like, John, why? Why? If you had just written it down because you knew the answer, he said the answer, he just 
It was just, there was some scribbling on there, and you couldn't read it, unfortunately. And I am a huge top 10 fan, but I can admit, it wasn't on there. Like, it, it, there's no way that that was legible enough. Even if, it, even if that's what he wrote, it was not legible enough. Now, where the problem t- for me comes is after the Patriots challenged whether or not top 10 should get the points for having the right answer, the commissioner and the team there chose to allow a respin. Now, I would have been fine if they had just not given, you know, so if they just not given top 10 the points. So Patriots got it wrong. They lost one point because that's what they, they wagered. And top 10 would have lost the three points that they wagered. And we could have just moved on from there. I would have been fine with that. It would have been, it would have sucked, but I, it would have been fine. I also would have been fine because they decided, one of the things they decided was to scrap the, the question. And I would have been fine if they had just asked a new question from the category. Because the Patriots spun. And in round three, you do not get respins. Unlike round two, which where if you don't like the category that it lands on, you can respin. In round three, you do not get that choice. Once it lands on a category, that's what it stays on. So, they should have just gotten, a, if they were going to throw the question out, they should have just given them a new question from that category. I've heard some people say, well, that's not fair because, you know, the wagers weren't hidden anymore. But the wagers don't matter when it comes to that. It doesn't matter if, if the other team knows how much you wagered. They're not going to answer the question any differently. They're not going to say, hmm, they wagered X amount. Maybe I won't answer this question right. Or, hmm, they wagered X amount. I'll definitely answer this question right. No, they're just going to answer the question one way or another, whether they know how much you wagered or not. So, they should have just gotten a new question in the category of Westerns. Everything would have been the same. Patriots would have had another chance to answer the right question for the amount that they wagered in that category. And the same goes for top 10. But they decided to allow a respin, which blew everything up. It just blew it all up. It, it, it ended the round with a top 10 having a 10-point deficit, and there's no way that they would have been able to recoup from that, even if they... There's just It just wasn't going to happen. And so it, when they got into round four, they had already pretty much given up, as Roca had said during the, uh, the after interview. And so after that controversy, the match was pretty much done. So I don't personally think that the respin should have been allowed. I think that if they were going to throw the question out, a new question in Western should have been asked, or it should have, top tens should have just been counted as wrong, and, been, and then they could have moved on. But that's not what happened, so is what it is. And, you know, I'm going to move on from there. I said my piece about it, but, you know, that's what it is. All right. And for every show, what I'm going to uh, start doing is I'm going to do a a short mini-review of a film that I recently saw. So for this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the film 
The Ritual, which is on Netflix right now. Uh, the Ritual is a horror movie about the friends who... One of their friends dies and they go out uh, on, a, on a big hike and they get lost and some crazy stuff happens. Now... I actually really... I wasn't sure what... I didn't know anything about this movie, first off, when I went into it. I had heard some good um, responses, some good reviews about it. I had heard some good reactions to it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this one a shot. It wasn't very long. It was like an hour and 34 minutes, somewhere roughly around there. Uh, so I you know, I was laying in bed one night with my iPad and decided, you know what? I'm going to give this movie a, a try. See, see how it goes. And... Uh, surprisingly enough, I thought it was pretty good. I, it was decent. It was different, which is what I liked about it. You know, it had a little bit of Blair Witch vibe, but without the found footage. Um, but it was also kind of a creature feature type of a thing. It was really neat to see where they took this film, you know, and to see it kind of unfold as as these this group of guys were out just lost in the woods trying to find their way. So definitely give it a try. If, you, if you're a fan of horror, I mean, it may not be for everybody, but give it a try. I highly recommend trying it for yourself. Let me know what you think about it because I'd love to have a conversation about this film. So... Let me know what you think. Go go on Netflix, watch The Ritual, and then hop on. Let me know in the comments what you guys think uh, of the film and uh, whether or not you liked it. Uh, personally, I gave it uh, a 7.5 out of 10. You know, because I, I I dug it. I thought it was good. Yeah, there are things that you know could be fixed. You know, things that could have been changed. But overall, it was an enjoyable film. So give it a watch. Let me know what you think. All right, that about does it for me. Uh, I'm going to try to get uh, one of these up every week. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm just starting out with it. So bear with me when it comes to that. And for everybody who, who stuck around and listened, thank you very much. Uh, please you know, share this, uh, this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Uh, head over to uh, my Twitter, at MovieBlogMerk. Head over to uh, my Instagram, it's the same, at MovieBlogMerk. And head over to my Facebook page, which is uh, Merc with a Movie Blog. Uh, you can follow me on all of those uh, platforms. And you know, I'm more than happy to interact with anybody who wants to talk movies. I love talking about, about movies, so anything you want to talk about, you just go ahead and, and, and shoot me a message, and we'll, we'll have a little conversation. All right? Well... This is the Mercs saying thanks again and watch some great films.